This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. I have Clint Kisper, Clint Casper here. What's up, dude? Kisper, what's up, my man? Happy that, to be back on. That could be like your alter ego, Clint Kisper. Clint Kisper, is, is he like... Uh... Less energetic, maybe more quiet, more reserved. He's more like, uh, like high class and white collar. Like you hold so, a wine glass from the bottom when you talk. So he's like Dougie Fresh. Nah, like less perverted. So he's nothing like Dougie Fresh. <laughs> no, he's a gentleman. He's, <laughs> he's a, a fine gentleman, gentleman and a scholar. So maybe he's like a scholar. An eight. He's an eighteen-year-old Ross. Oh, maybe. We'll go with that. But uh, anyway, Clint Casper is here, uh, starting off really good and really weird. Um, hey, I want to <laughs> run through some ads quick before we get moving, and then we have a jam-packed episode of, like, listener questions. I think we're going to talk about Ooh, some good ones. a little some bit about your – Yeah, there's some fun a few ones. of them. There's some fun ones. Talk a little bit about your spring and kind of just chop it up and get into it, man, um, as we move into the summer and get into some Bear Camp episodes. Uh, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports. We have a code at hhasports.com, WCB15. I am holding the box to an HHA Tetra Tournament Edition, and that's what I plan on shooting this year um, on my new Elite Remedy that I have that I am shamefully have not set up yet. Um, a lot of things have been going on, but I'm excited to get this um, Tournament Edition Tetra put on and the HHA Virtus Rest put on my bow. And... I'm a sucker for the HHA. I like the single pin sights. Um, once I switch, I don't know if I could ever go back to a multi-pin sight, but that's my preference. And I think if you are on the fence about shooting a single pin sight or wanting to try one, I suggest you try it because for me, it just aimed up my sight picture and helps me aim at targets more accurately. Um, I find it more fun and less frustrating because I think my vision's starting to go, uh, which I plan on getting that taken care of in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, check out HHA. I really like them. I think you would too. They've been great to us, and it's a great company to work with. And they also, we don't have a veteran shout-out on this episode because Dougie's not here, but Doug does the veteran shout-out segment brought to you by HHA USA. And 
they do that. And basically, you can submit a veteran shout-out through our website, and Doug will get to it on an episode, give you a shout-out, and then uh, HHA USA will send you out some goodies. So if you have a veteran you want to submit there, go to workingclassbowhunter.com, hit our contact tab, and you can find what you need there. But, yeah, HHA, just an amazing all-American company through and through. Absolutely love them. Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by Scent Crusher. And one thing I, what I want to start doing is kind of spotlighting something from each company that we use and, like, really love and believe in. Or, you know, a lot of, all of it's good, but what's something that sticks out to us? And that's always been the gear bag from the beginning for Scent Crusher with us. Um, and as the years have gone on, the gear bag has gotten better and better and just stronger zippers, different look, better quality, um, even from the ozone units to actual bag itself, the stitching, everything. Um, I live out of the gear bag or the roller bag, depends on where I'm going and how much I need to put inside the bag. The roller bag's a little bigger and has um, like a handle and wheels, like a suitcase, like a roller bag. Um, and a lot of people travel, they fly with them. Yep. The gear Same here. Me too. Me yeah. too. Do you fly with your gear bag? Yep. I mean, even on like Western hunts, my hunt starts with me taking my stuff out of a scent crusher bag. And now I might go seven, eight days and be stinky as shit at the end of it. But I know starting off up until the end, I'm way better off than if I did not have the bag. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And I mean, you know, the game out West is all about playing the wind and playing thermals. So, I mean, yeah. you know, the anything to tip the hat in your advantage in the mountains is, is a huge advantage. And I mean, I've been using that now for four or five years. And I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that has been uh, definitely a game changer, um, being able to go with a fresh set that I've run a few cycles in on the way out or before I even go on a hunt. Um, I can't take it with me in the mountains, but at least I know I'm starting off as fresh as possible and I'm starting off way better. You know, that ozone will last for a while. So, I mean, you know, it's, you take untreated clothes versus treated clothes, and there's going to be a gigantic difference on day four, day five, and, and day ten, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, treated versus untreated. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Well, you know, not I, only that, I, even I, I mean, tell you that from experience. You talk scent, but not, it's just uh, staying organized with all your gear on a hunt like that. I mean, that's just as oh, big for me that, too. That you too. know, I mean, yep, can pack Absolutely. it all in there. Um, the podcast is also uh, brought to you by Big Time. Uh, I was hoping to get my spring food plot feed in but i just didn't get to this year with everything going on and uh, unfortunately but uh, i do plan on I, i'm pretty bummed i wanted to plant a bunch of that big time borderline as like some privacy fence I, i'm gonna see maybe i can't get lucky and get some rain and and still make it out but uh but i mean I'm, i might end up trying to get some clover in still this summer um, but for sure buck brunch is like my go-to for fall plots and i will for sure be ready um and have everything going for the fall on the big time buck brunch um, code WCB 2021 will save you some coin at, uh, at bigtime.com. And they are also sponsoring title sponsoring the working class bow hunter shoot, which is next weekend. If you're listening to this in real time and they are bringing, oh, I wonder if I can pull up the, let me break it down for you quick, because if you guys want to try big time and you're planning on coming to the shoot, there's a lot of giveaways going on for big time at well, the shoot. Kurt rephrase that. You need to be trying big time. You it's need to be trying. About, you, you need to be trying it because once you try it, you'll never go back. Joe and those guys over there, they'll take care of you. They will set you up with whatever you need. It's, uh, yeah, they're, the game changer. You you will not go to big time and then leave and be disappointed. I'll tell you that right now. Well, let me tell you what experience. they're bringing next weekend for the shoot. And these are oh. giveaways and prizes and all that stuff. 20- Unreal stuff. Unreal. 
24 bags of foundation clover, 12 acres worth. 24 bags clover select, 6 acres worth. 48 bags last stand, 16 acres worth. 48 bags buck brunch, 12 acres worth. 12 bags of lockdown, 3 acres worth. 6 bags long range, 3 acres worth. A total of 52 acres of big time seed. 2,000 pounds of fortified deer blend. 300 pounds of platinum feed, 24 bottles of happy hour liquid mineral, 12 cans cherry on top, enough COT to treat 2,400 pounds of corn. Total retail <laughs> value is almost $4,000. Um, that's a lot of product. Um, you'll see the big time trailer oh, out there. You'll see fun. all the stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, you come to the shoot anyway, 20 bucks to register, that gets you in. You're going you're gonna to leave with some big time. That's just <laughs> – I don't know what else to tell you. Um, the podcast is also brought to you by Rogue Ridge. Um, and if you've seen the pictures of me jumping that Rogue Ridge e-bike, I am on the Rogue Ridge RM750. It's a 750-watt electric fat tire bike is what it is. You all know, you've all seen the fat tire bikes. I've been beating the brakes off this thing, and it has held up perfectly. Um, I don't know what else I can do except for when I build my pump track. I might try and take it off some legit dirt jumps, but... She's a heavy old broad. I just, uh, it's been holding up to everything I've been putting it through. Uh, to give you some perspective, it weighs 65 pounds. It can go 25 miles, top speed at 20 mile an hour, charge time, two and a half hours. It says top speed 20 mile an hour, but if you're cranking and giving them the berries, I, I topped mine out at 30 the other day, just so everybody's aware. I was breathing heavy. You were getting it. I was getting it. I laid it out, man. I like my bikes. Um, so, I mean, that's just some of the stuff. Not only is it a hunting tool, it's a lot of fun. So, why not double down? Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Old Barn Taxidermy. I don't know if you guys saw the videos and pictures of my bear from last year's Wyoming Bear Camp, but I'm blown away by it. The memorial buck they did for Papa Dave's last buck, and then they're going to be mounting the replicas of the Geyer buck when we get those done. Um, Old Barn is just one of the best companies in the biz. In my opinion, they're the best company in taxidermy, um, and if you don't know about them, you're about to see them everywhere. They just do everything right. They're great people. And they take pride in all their work, even commercial taxidermy. You know, I don't know anyone that's more efficient that does better work as consistent as Old Barn Taxidermy. And I have worked from a lot of different taxidermists. I probably have close to 30 whitetail mounts and, well, probably more than that between my dad and I now. And from lots of different taxidermists and the Old Barn mounts stand out from the rest. It's like to look at taxidermy like a tattoo. Don't go cheap just because some guy can do it cheaper and faster. You're going to regret it in the long run when you're looking at some bunk-ass whitetail on your wall that you put all this money in to get, and you were too fucking cheap to get a good taxidermy mount. Don't get mad at us for trying to give you a warning before you went somewhere. It's genuinely, I believe that. Old Barn is the best in the biz. If you can get there, get there. Um, it is what it is. I know there's good taxidermists everywhere, but I'm just saying no, you're getting, a, no, you're getting got, good work. I got to see your stuff firsthand, um, you know, last week, two weekends ago at the Memorial, and I was blown away. I mean, it looks badass on their Instagram, on, on the stuff you post, but when you actually see the detail, see the wrinkles inside the neck, uh, around the eyes, around the nose, you know, if you know anything about taxidermy, that's where you can tell a really good taxidermist from a mediocre taxidermist is in small, fine details. A lot of guys know that, some, you know, but there's also a lot of people that don't look at that stuff. You right. look at the eye corners, you look at the nose, you know, you look at the ears, just how things are put together. I mean, it's there, there, there's not a flaw in any of it. I mean, every mount they've done for you, uh, for Papa Dave, I, I was blown away that your bear looks incredible. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, as far as bringing an animal back to life with yeah. top notch quality and really, really caring about 
every individual mount like it's their own. Um, yeah, I, I really honestly can't say I've ever seen anything quite like that as far as overall mount to mount, each one being as good as the next. I, I was very, very, very impressed. That was my first in-person experience with them. Uh, I'll be sending them stuff, there's no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And their bears, they, they just kill it. Some of the best in the biz at oh, bears. Yeah, um, your bear looks freaking incredible. The podcast also brought to you by Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com. Wade actually went out to the bear camp. He was there. Yeah, Wade. He was there the week we left. Um, he didn't get a bear, but he's like, I'm coming back. He's so pumped about it. But Gator Outdoors is a lifestyle brand in the outdoor industry. Their motto is outfitting the working class, which is who we are, which is who you are. Uh, whether you're white collar, blue collar, working class is just getting after what you love or what you have to do to get shit done. And that's what Gator Outdoors does. They got great prices they're offering. Uh, promo code for WCB listeners, WCB25, GatorOutdoors.com. They have their own lifestyle merch, and they are also a retailer for a ton of different brands. Um, Gator, Out, Gator Outdoors gear, Scrape Stick, a bunch of other brands. Um, GatorOutdoors.com and check it out. Um, also, Elite Archery. Like I said, I got a remedy set up, or not set up, ready to set up. I'm going to try and get it done before the... Uh, before the bow shoot, we're going to see. I'm feeling the anxiety of trying to get everything ready and all the pressure of everything going on. But um, I absolutely love Elite. I've been shooting Elite consistently about every year since 2015, starting with the E-Series. I had a Synergy. I've had an E35. I've had an, <laughs> an Impulse. I've had, I mean, you name it, all the way up through the lineage of Elite up until now, the Remedy. Um, I like the Remedy for the platform, the size of it, and I think it's going to be a great bow for dialing in HHA for long range and trying to get a muley out west or, or whatever it may be. Um, I just think it's the most sh it's the shootability challenge, you know. It's it's the feel you want in a bow, and we are very proud to be working with Elite Archery. Um, and there's a code, WCB, works on everything outdoor group. So Elite Slick Trick Broadheads, we're shooting the Raptor Trick. That's also um, a company that's in the family with Elite, um, and that code, WCB, works for there. Even Scott, Scott Archery re releases, WCB works for them too. Um, and then also the podcast is brought to you by spy point cameras. So spy point, we've been using the cell links a lot on our other cameras since we've had a collection of other cameras and everything like that. And you can basically attach that for like 50, 60 bucks. You get an attachment that turns any camera into a cell cam, but they also have right now that's new, um, spypoint.com. They have the link micro LTE twin. You can get two cell cameras for 180 bucks. Get twice the mobile scouting intelligence and twice the picture taking power without paying twice the price. So that is insane. Um, and it's LTE, um, which is awesome. Plus the app that SpyPoint offers that you get with their cameras and the cell plans. One, they offer a free cell plan. You can get 100 free pictures a month. And what's cool about that is, like, say right now you want to just get your cell cams out. But you don't want to spend money on a plan right now because... You're not seeing much antler growth. You're not like dialing in your game plan to kill something, and you're not going to put it over feed throughout the summer. You can set those out, get your 100 pitchers a month, and then when it comes to September when bucks are going hard horn and you're going to crank it up, then move to the premium plan for that camera for the month and then start getting all the pitchers you need to map out the plan for when your season opens. So what they offer through the, through the app, through the cameras, really kind of will build the ultimate scouting tool and the ultimate tool for you to dial in how you want. And some of these new cameras, which this is insane, um, have, um, what am I trying to say? Solar power units on top of the cameras. So built, built right in. 
So yeah, like the Link S, the Solar Dark, Link Micro S LTE. I mean, and the prices are right, like 170 bucks, and you get a camera. It's got a lithium battery pack, and it's got the solar um, solar panel on the top. So you don't have to worry about running in and out if your cell cams die. We all know how fast cell cam batteries can die, and it's nice to not have to worry about it. Um, so super proud to have them on spypoint.com. And, man, thanks for all our partners. It's uh, unbelievable that we get to work with some of the brands we work with, especially just being a bunch of working-class dudes that can do what we love, talking hunting and then drinking beer. So, hey, let's cue the intro and get to the podcast, huh, Clint? I believe I'm ready, dude. Let's do it. One, two, three, all right, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Clint Casper is joining me. It's a one-on-one show, and uh, we have lots of listener questions, Clint. So thanks for being here, and I'm I'm sure everybody else is glad you're here too. Yeah, man, I'm pumped to be back on. You're uh, you're fresh out of the backcountry of Wyoming. You and old cowboy Devin. I'm, uh, yeah, gosh, wish I could have been on that trip with you, man, but it's, it's, it's good to talk to you again. It was, uh, we were, we were going through the, uh, the inreaches, uh, mobile to mobile and, and I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to hear that sweet voice of yours for about a week. I know, man, it was fun. We missed you. We, uh, had a I know. good time hanging out. Lots of funny stories. Those episodes, there's some funny shit coming down the way. Yeah. Devin was telling me, man, I'm excited. The listeners are going to be excited. It, yeah. It's, it's you guys, you guys laid down some good shit. It was pretty funny. He took us in. So. Because camp's like, it's like 38 miles back end. Yep. So, so then it would have been the day before, it would have been Monday night. We flew out Tuesday morning. Devin took us back in town and got a beer in Alpine, Wyoming. And then we went to Jackson Hole and got a, a, a way overpriced hotel. We went to, we went and got some steak and some drinks, got all fired up. Uh, we went to uh, the Gun Barrel as a steakhouse there. And what's funny about the Gun Barrel, they have uh, little like 30-30 lever action gun drink mixers. And De- oh, no shit. Yeah, and I'm like, man, we need these for the bar. So we we get sat down. It's me, Devin, and Eric. And Devin, the waitress comes up, and Devin's like, listen, I need you to go get in the back and get a box of a 1,000 of these. And she's like, what? He goes, I'll tip you well. We just need a 1,000 of these little guns. And she's a like, thousand? yeah, he goes, we need to, he's like, how much is about like with 30 bucks cover a thousand of them. And she goes, let me see what I can do, you know? And then she comes in, hands us this doggy bag, just smack full of these little lever action, 30, 30 drink mixers. <laughs> Dude, he loves that gun too. He's got an old, a freaking old, old ass lever action, 30, 30. And that freaking thing goes with on every bear hunt with him. He, he, he loves that freaking thing. Well, it's funny because I'm, he's like, there you go. Now the studio's fully stocked. So if anybody ever comes to drink beers or what, like mixed drinks at the studio, yeah. we're going to have a little 30 30 drink mixer. So we, I like it. We made it out. Then we went to the old, uh, what do they call it? The million dollar bar, cowboy bar, whatever the hell it cowboy, is. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, man. Jackson Hole's different, man. It's uh, oh, that's a, it's a weird place. Being, it is being overrun by liberals or something. You never you just it, wouldn't it expect is, it from it's, in Wyoming, you know. It's uh, it's way left. A lot of people in Wyoming are not Jackson Hole fans. I'm learning that everyone was kind of like Jackson Hole sucks, which you know yeah. whatever. It was all right. I got no, I got no, uh, I got no investment. Alpine, Alpine's where it's at, man. Yeah, we went out to the Moose. We kept calling yes. it the Moose Knuckle, but it's like just the, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Moose Tavern or whatever the hell. Yep. Yeah. Um, so do you want to touch a little bit on your spring or do you want to just dump right into Q and A's? Yeah, no, man. Um, dude, yeah. I mean, spring, uh, 
shit. I mean, <laughs> shed wise, you know, it was kind of rough this year. I think I think I ended up with like you know, I don't know, thirty eight or forty, which is is down for me. Um, had a few farms that just just did not produce. Uh, had some public spots that overproduced. Um, so I was really hoping to to you know I try to hit that fifty plus mark every year, and I really thought with some of the public spots I hit. I thought, man, I'm, I'm on pace to, to break, you know, to hit over 50, um, just didn't happen. Um, that led right into Turkey season, started off in Nebraska. That was a huge bust, 40, 40 degrees and 40 mile per hour winds for a week. Led right into Turkey season here up until the last week, man, it was super tough. I killed both my birds in the last week, um, running and gunning with the bow they finally broke off hens and you actually were able to do something with them. So, I mean, you know, it, it was a, it was a slow spring. Um, man, the, the birds are down. Numbers are down. Um, we've just had some bad hatches with, with like really wet springs and winters, um, have been really weird here lately. So yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate to get on some birds and get two good long beards killed. Um, yeah, man, shit got to, got to whack both with the uh, Papa Dave arrow. My second one blew awesome. through and, Papa Dave arrow went soaring. I don't know where it landed. He'll have to get that one for me at some point. Old uh, Papa Dave will have to find that one. I have no <laughs> idea where it went. I blew through, hit a rock, and saw it heading to the next county. So it's somewhere. It's uh, it's somewhere out there. Um, only only Papa Dave knows where it's at. That's okay. <laughs> He'll uh, I'll get it back eventually. I'm sure at some point. Maybe I'll have a 200 incher fall on top of it in the future. Dude, yeah, that or maybe I'll be stumbling around drunk one night and land on it and gouge myself and that'll be the end who knows I, you, just, you just don't know, hey, you know? You, I, anything could happen Dave's really got in store for me anything could happen yeah anything could happen that's cool man yeah you did you called that second bird you called your arrow you were uh we have you in one of the wcb like group chats with uh it's like uh, ross chandler eric doug and myself and you're in there yep. and you're like going in boys and you're like he's he's what'd you say he's he's fucking up he's letting himself out in the open and then like an hour later you're like bird down <laughs> Well, he was he was heading to this strut zone that I kind of already sort of had in mind of of I knew birds you know loved to strut there. He was gobbling heading that way, so just kind of you know beat, beat feet over there and, and pretty much cut him off. Got there before he did. Got set up and uh, ended up killing him at I, I don't know it was like eight yards, seven yards. I mean he was in full strut facing me you know and damn near cut his beard off um another inch you know another inch and that sever would have freaking cut cut his beard completely off but uh yeah i know man it was, it was fun to wrap that up um you know i always love chasing birds with the bow running and gunning um it's not the most efficient way to hunt them but man once you go to that i just don't think you can leave it it's just so much fun um you know, it, it's kind of like a like your prelude to like you know elk hunting. I mean, as far as like the running and gunning style and and listening to them and trying to cut them off and keep them gobbling and figure out you know where they're heading, where they're going, and then let them come in silent and play the cat and mouse game and kill them as they're walking away. Or I like to kill them whenever they're in full strut facing away from me. Get yourself drawn and you know, I mean, it's just yeah. I just I've fallen in love with the no blind, no decoy game. It's, that's just kind of my thing. Go in super light and run and gun and be mobile and I like you know it. It like doesn't it. work out. I mean, three fourths of the time. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, you it, it's it is you're at a disadvantage, but man, when it does come together, I mean, it's a freaking accomplishment. There's no doubt, and and it'll it'll hook you. I mean, it's it's I, I've been doing this now for nine, ten years, um, strictly with the bow and running and gunning something like that, probably with turkeys. And I mean, it's 
don't get me wrong. It's still fun to shoot him in the face with a shotgun. I mean, by all means, like that's fun. But like when you, when you start to kind of get it figured out with the bow running and gunning, man, it's, it, it's just, it's just like another, it's like next level fun just cause it's so freaking hard, you know? Yeah. Just cause you get it. Just cause you like, if I get a bird in it 50 yards, 60 yards and in with my turkey gun, the bird's dead hundred percent out of a hundred percent. I pull the trigger. The bird dies with a bow. You get a bird within 20, 30. That don't mean shit. Like, yeah, yeah. The hard part is getting drawn and then you got to get him to stop. You got to hit a softball sized target. I mean, I've said it before. Turkey's one of the hardest animals to kill with a bow because if you don't hit them absolutely spot on perfect, you don't get them. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly it. You hit, you hit dead zone feathers and they live to see another day. I mean, you got to anchor them with almost a 12 ring shot unless you're going to head shoot them. And with a huge broadhead at 10 yards, and then you got a, a you know a four or five inch window. But realistically, you got about a baseball or a softball to shoot at. Yeah, as about, far as about the, body the size goes. of your fist. Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, let's. Uh, I, I think people people like hearing turkey stuff, but I think the majority of people are like f turkeys for the year. Yep, I'm um, with you, dude. So what I want to do? Do you want to do Facebook or Instagram first? Man, hey, your podcast, your choice, my friend. All right, I'm going to flip a coin. I'm going to flip okay. a Line and Kugel's beer tab. Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, Ooh, Line and Kugel's. Having... I, got me a Barry, I, I got me a Barry Wise right now. Oh, really? I got myself a Summer Shandy. All right, let's let's, let's flip this beer tab. And it is we'll – go, if it's up, it's – we'll go Instagram. If it's down, we'll go Facebook. It is – it's up. We'll go Instagram. Cardi B, up. <laughs> okay. sucks i can't pull up these instagram questions on the desktop so i gotta like look at my phone and dude my vision is going out i almost got lost in wyoming on the way out dude and i i blame some of it on my vision oh no shit yeah not lost lost but just like yeah getting a little nervous lost yep no i get it dude you can get turned <laughs> in the mountains man you can get turned around easy well it's a different type of dark out there and i've only been oh, into that bait yeah. once and i'm like nah, i'll be fine on the way out and Devin's like hey maybe maybe track it with your garmin so I yep. tried, and that gar- don't ever use your inReach to track anything. It sucks. It's not. It's like the most inaccurate fucking thing ever. I was so yeah. pissed. I almost threw it in the fucking woods. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, man, my setup here is bad. I can't even read this. One sec here. All right. I'm going to start. We'll just scroll the top here. This is from Dustin Hain. He was actually in first week of bear camp. Uh, awesome guy. Nice. Um, awesome listener and now i consider him a good friend so that's pretty cool hell yeah he writes best date to try your first diy backpack hunt for either elk or mule deer i would say if you're going to do something like that in my opinion i mean it's going to it's going to come down to what you're looking for uh if you're looking for you know, uh, ease your way into something. I mean, you got the Dakotas, you got Nebraska, you got something like that. You can go after Kansas. You can go after muleys. Um, if you're like me and you're, you're, you're wanting to go all in on the mountains and get into the high country, um, man, pretty hard to beat like a Utah or Colorado where you can get into some over the counter tags, get into some zero point second choice deals. Um, you know, that would probably be my pick just because there's units you can hunt every year. You can kind of get your feet wet, start in on a unit, hunt it again the next year on zero point, you know, or an over-the-counter deal. You know, I've always said the guy that's got 10 or 12 points cashes them in, but he's never been on an elk hunt, never been on a mule deer hunt. 
it's like going to a, a gunfight with a knife. I mean, if you want to get good at hunting mule deer, you want to get good at hunting elk, you got to hunt mule deer, you got to hunt elk. That's bottom line. So for me, you want to start in states that you can hunt for a couple years in a row, get shit figured out, figure out whether you're going to like it. I mean, I know, I know lots of guys that go on mule deer hunts and they're like, fuck this, never do it again. They mm-hmm. go on elk hunts and they're like, this is terrible. I mean, now I also know a ton of guys that do it and it's, they're hooked. I mean, they, they don't even think a white tail is the same anymore because they're all about mule deer and elk. I'm one of them. I'll be the first to admit. I mean, it's changed my entire life perspective on bow hunting when I started hunting mule deer and elk. But you don't know any of that till you go out and do it. So for me, I wanted to go all in on the mountains. I wanted to go all in on high country, um, Colorado and Utah. Um, Idaho's got some opportunity, you know, states like that where you can get into mountain ranges and you can get into some units that are easy to draw every year. You're almost guaranteed or they're over the counter. You are guaranteed. That's where you kind of want to be. And it's hard to beat like a Colorado or Utah um, for deer and elk as far as just the overall, the grand scheme of things. Yeah, Those would be my top two. Yeah, I think Colorado has a lot of opportunities because for um, oh yeah, some guys that are Midwest is not that far, but there's a ton of yep. over the counter uh, cut your teeth type things, and yep. you know I'm still doing that, so still cutting my teeth. Um, here's another question from R Pickett eighty two. Sorry, I'm leaning in to read my phone. That's all way over on the other side of the table here. When Clint is admi- <laughs> when is Clint admitting he isn't as cool as the experts who shoot one animal every three to five years? I mean, I don't consider myself cool at all, so I, I'm not, I don't really, you know, it is what it is. No, I know, I, I get what you mean. I, I uh, Yeah, man, I, for me, fuck, I, you know, I'm an internal uh, motivational guy, you know, I, I do everything because I love to do it. If uh, Peterson's bull hunting and Instagram and go hunt and this podcast and everything just completely fell off the map tomorrow. I'd still be doing what I'm doing. I don't base anything off of what the next guy's doing, uh, or try to compare and contrast, um, as in fuck, you know, I want to, I want to be better than that guy or, or do more than that guy, man. I just, I do what I do cause I freaking love it. And I was doing it way before social media. I was doing it way before I was in the magazines, way before I was podcasting. I mean, this is, this is just me. So, you know, I, I, when people start talking, uh, oh, you're you're an expert or or, or the goat or that, but dude, I I yeah, I don't even look at that like that. That's you know, I mean, that's great, whatever. If some guys think that kind of stuff, you know, that's awesome that they they put me in a in a category like that or whatever. But yeah, fuck man, I don't even I don't even I don't really give two cents about <laughs> like that it. kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. That makes that's a good answer. Um, here is, yeah, I can't read. Jay Bennett, 64, five pin fixed sight for muleys. What ranges? 30 to 70? Hmm. No, because a 30 yard pin realistically is worthless. I mean, at, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, and this is personal preference, but for me, I could have a pin. So like when I'm running and gunning for elk, I run a single pin set at 40 yards. That 40-yard pin, I know where I got to hold at 50 and 60, and I know where I got to hold at 0, 20, 30. So my 40 will cover me damn near in a pinch if I don't have time to actually adjust from, let's say, 50 to z- 0 to 50, 0 to 60 if I need to. And that's just for me shooting my bow a lot and knowing where I got to place my pin on a mule deer, on elk, um, you know, what my gaps are. So – for me, I would probably start at 40 
and go 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. That 80, I would know where I need to be at 90 and 100. Uh, not that you need to shoot 100, but if you hit an animal and it's wounded, it runs out to 100, stands there and looks at you, by all means, you got nothing to lose. You want to get another arrow in that animal. Um, That's a good point, too. I think a lot of people uh, you know, lose lose sight of that. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I mean. Because I've been it, shooting at, like, a couple, of, like, just somebody's place, and we're yep. having fun shooting 100 yards, and I hear, mm-hmm. like, you hear some of the guys like mumble, like, what do you need to shoot 100 yards for? It's like, well, motherfucker, well, it's fun. And two, yeah, you never yeah. know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw yardages out there, but I mean, I hit an antelope two years ago really well at 70, that ran out to another yardage and stood there, and I said, okay, well, if you want to stand there and let me poke you again, I mean, what do I have to lose? And like I said, I, I mean, it, it was definitely out there and dialed her down and. You know, settled my pin and freaking poked it again. It ran ten yards and flipped over. Not saying the first arrow wouldn't have killed it because it was a it was it was a, a double lung deal. He was probably dead on his feet. But you owe it to the animal if you got an opportunity to get another arrow to anchor that animal. Why not? I mean, what yeah. what do you that you have nothing to lose? You're only speeding up the process of that animal expiring and and dying. So I mean, for me. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not telling people, hey, if your sight tape goes to 140, shoot it shit that's – no, I'm not saying that at all. But you have nothing to lose if you wound an animal, it runs out, and you're comfortable with like, hey, man, I've shot it a buck 20 before. You know what? It, it, I'm going to let it go because, like I said, another arrow in that animal is another opportunity to hopefully get that animal killed. Maybe, maybe you make a bad shot on arrow number one and yeah, you need yeah, God forbid two. you catch catch a buck in the guts and yeah. he's out there at yep. – 90 yards hunched up yep. and you Absolutely. know you know how they you know how they do they hang up there and they sit there and they hang look up. sick and then they'll start walking off real slow well yep. you can throw in one and poke them in the lungs like say you hit a, a twig at 20 that you didn't see and he's out in the wide open hay field and you're like shit he's Absolutely. looking the other way feeling sick i can i might be you know it's all relative every situation's yep. a little different but i mean how could anybody Absolutely. blame you for trying to follow up and do a yep. dude do the right I, thing? I i poked a good buck on november <laughs> I could tell you the date, November 19th, 2014, 2014, I believe, or 2015, poked a good buck at 17 yards, hit a limb, hit him back, knew I hit him back, ran out to 57, stood there hunched up, wide open. I thought, well, we're going to make this one count. Double lunged him, he ran 10 yards and fell over. That was the end. I mean, but I mean, that was, that was my second chance. That was my opportunity. You know, I dialed my dialed my sight down, got a good range, 57, put her at 57, settled my pin, freaking pushed and pulled the bow apart and, and, and smoked, you know, smoked him. I mean, but that was, you know, like I said, though, that that's one of those situations where, you know, there's guys out there that would say, well, oh, God, I mean, you, you don't want to shoot at a deer 57 yards away. Okay, but it's standing there in the wide open. I, I mean, I'm confident in that shot. I, at that moment, you have nothing to lose. I mean, it, well, there's, right there's here, nothing. The, this, you have everything to gain, nothing to lose, right there. Right, right. And I, I don't. I mean, there's probably some people that disagree, but I don't see. I don't see their point being valid. Well, uh, here, I mean, Jay Crow is fifty. Yes. Yeah. What? So I'm kind of going on this one quick because it kind of relates to what we're talking about. What made you switch to a single pin? Was it a hard transition? Uh, for me, it wasn't a hard transition. I hate target blackout. Um, I, I want so my sight picture is I'm staring at a hair 
I'm focusing on a hair. I want my pin to be a blurred, fuzzy little little dot that is on the hair. So I'm I'm looking through my pin, focusing on the hair. So secondary vision is the pin. Primary vision is going to be the hair. I want the least amount of a sight picture as far as the pin actually through my peep, like that the least amount I have to look at that's not the animal is what I want. I want to be able to stare and focus on a hair, on a specific spot. I do not want five, six, seven pins. Now, the downfall is, you know, uh, for example, rutting elk, a bull comes in, chasing a cow at 20, then runs out to 60. Like, you know, yes, if your pin's set at 20, you're now, you know, that's a 40-yard gap. You're going to have to do something there as far as let down, readjust. I mean, you can get screwed. There, This is a scenario where the multi-pin does come in handy. But, like, for me, my biggest deal is I want the most forgiving, accurate setup possible. For me, that is a single pin, the least amount of target blackout. I can focus on a hair 99% of the time. I have time to adjust. I know my setup. I just talked about how I'll set my pin at 40. I know what to do from zero to 50, zero to 60 with that pin at 40. So for me, the single pin all day long, that's that for me, it's the most forgiving. It's the most accurate setup. Um, if I need to stretch out at 70, 80, 90, whatever, mule deer, antelope, um, stuff like that, a wounded animal, whatever, long distance, I want just, you know, I shoot a 10,000 pin. Um, I, I, I was blessed 2020 vision. I got really good eyes. I don't shoot 29,000s. I don't shoot 19. I, I shoot the absolute. If they made a 0.05 thousandths pin, I would shoot that. I shoot the smallest pin possible because I barely want to see the damn thing. I mean, I know it's there. I'm making a little circle, but realistically, my form and everything is what puts arrows where they need to be. So, you know, yes, the pin is there, but I'm honestly not looking at it all that much. I'm staring at a spot and I'm letting the pin float. Um, that's just me. Some guys, you know, one of my good buddies, Brian Barney, probably, in my opinion, he's the best best bow hunter out there, the best killer out there. He's a three-pin, five-pin, seven-pin guy. I mean, I've seen – I mean, he, he loves that setup. Mm. I mean, that that's – he's money. Uh, he's shot single, but for him, he loves the multi-pin setup. He likes having set yardages to where he can make quick adjustments. Um, long distance, it doesn't seem to bother him, you know. Uh, like I said, everyone's got their niche. For me, though, I shoot more accurate um, when I have a single pin, just one thing to look at, one thing to focus on. And I'll be honest, I like a north and south pin. I do not like, I do not, I, I like a vertical north and south post. I do, I'm not a huge fan at all of uh, the left and right or east and west, whatever you want to call it, horizontal. I just don't like pins coming in from the side. I'm just, I'm just not, a, I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I like I them going north and south. I like to line that up right six inches off the front leg. For me, it just, it, you know, it, it just blends in better. Um, it's just more natural for me to aim with that process than it is for a pin coming from the left or coming from the right. Why is that? I don't fucking know, man. Call me weird, but that's just how it is for me. I like it. I like it. All right, let's get get a couple more here. Um Welding Archery asks, uh, what bio harness are you running and what do you have on it? Well, currently, shout out to old fucking Tyler. I'm running that T&K bino purse freaking thing that he's got. I don't um, have one of them yet. Yeah, you're not cool, dude. That's just kind of where it's at. I I'm mean, running yeah. a marsupial loophole one until I get a T&K one. 
I mean, if you name a bino harness, I've probably had it or tried it. Um, shout out to Tyler and those guys. Absolutely in love with the harness. It's about as bomb-proof and, and, and just durable as you can possibly get. Um, they changed the way it opens as far as, you know, I, I, I'm a huge forward fan of, of – Yep, forward. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of how that thing opens. It's got the magnetic strips on it. Um, so I'm running a – I got a Windicator on the one side. I got a small accessory pouch to put my – uh i got my release i'm a, I'm a handle guy i shoot a uh, shoot a three or four finger back tension release is what i hunt with um so i got that release on there i can quickly get that i got on the right side i got my rangefinder pouch i got my windicator on that right side so i can hold my bow in my 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 bow hand which would be my left hand i got my windicator on my right i can constantly be using my right hand um stocking elk stocking mule deer antelope whatever uh white tails but you know bucks coming in I, I mean i'm puffing that freaking windicator a million times so i've got my harness set up to where i can have my bow in one hand and i can be running the shit i need to run on the other side um my inreach fits really nice on my left side so it's kind of out of my way when i draw my bow you know it's not getting in the way it's on the left so I, i've got that thing set up to to kind of tailor me being a right-handed shooter and just kind of tailor my needs as far as what i'm doing but you can do that left or right like I said, huge fan of the harness, uh, huge fan of everything he's got going on over there. American made. I mean, Tyler's a, you know, he's a, he's a huge douchebag. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this dude's just an idiot, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tyler's super cool dude. He'll do everything possible Sarcasm. to help you out. Um, great product, great company, bunch of good people over there. Everyone he's got working for him. Shout out to them. Super happy. You go to my Instagram and see the last, the two birds I killed was the first two. This is the first spring I've run his stuff. Um, two birds i had it on uh so i you know i got to actually test it out running and gunning for turkeys worked flawless i'm super pumped to get out and start chasing mule deer and western stuff elk and everything else with those yeah uh you, you know you rock really pretty much it's gonna just... be a great harness for for a guy like me or even a guy like you that's gonna hunt whitetails turkeys western stuff you can kind of mold yeah. that thing to however you need it to be take stuff on we kind of rock off put stuff on the same thing clint as far as like I have my I have my range finder on one side that I can range yep. when I'm holding my bow and I have a windicator yep. and then I have like mine is a back pocket like when yep. when I'm out west I'll have my phone in there that way if I get an in reach yep. message I can like you know do the bluetooth messaging but everything's yep. at the ready I feel naked if I don't have a bino harness on that's one oh, yeah. one piece of yep. gear that's kind of changed how I uh, tackle things Absolutely man I mean it's like a it's like a small backpack that you wear on the front of you and, and I mean I'm the same. Like I said, I mean, I, when I started running those 10, 12 years ago, I, I don't know if I couldn't hunt now without one. It would, I would feel, I don't shoot my bow without that thing on in yeah. the summer. Anytime I go outside, I'm, I put mine yeah, on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that, that thing's in my truck and, and it's on me damn near daily. Yeah, for sure. Hey, let's move on. We got a lot of questions and not a lot of time. Um, so I want to kind of get through some of these, this one I'm going to cover. This is Colby M 11 writes, what are some good bow setups for beginning hunters or maybe hunters getting back into it? And I yep. think right now, uh, if you go to EliteArchery.com and click the Ember uh, yep. Shootability at the Ready. So they have yep. – it's just ready-to-shoot package. So it has everything you need except for arrows ready to go, uh, starting at five ninety nine. but you put the WCB code on it that makes it cheaper. Then you can have it sent to a local dealer um, and then have the local dealer set it up to you. So you're getting an elite, you're getting a package, but then you're also supporting local business. So 
I think for Great that deal. price, for a brand new bow with all brand new accessories set up, yep. get, get arrows Great. to just get you shooting, it, it's hard to uh, hard to argue with that. Yep, very hard to beat that. I don't I don't know if they're. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, I I don't know if there's another package out there. A lot of bow companies of. offer similar stuff, but maybe not for that cheap. Uh, that, well, that's, that's what I was just going to say. I, I don't know if I can honestly say I know of another company that can rival that price as far as what you're getting per dollar. That's Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's pretty fucking good. I mean, this comes with a CBE rest, CBE sight, CBE uh, quiver, um, and a st- CBE stabilizer. All high-end stuff. Yeah, pretty solid. Um, pretty okay. solid. This is one that was a funny one. Where's that? God damn it. My fucking phone keeps locking. Um would you eat a deer? Uh, this is uh, Cabin Outdoors. Would you eat a deer that tested positive for CWD? Thoughts on getting a deer tested? Would I eat one that I knew already had it? Yeah. I mean, I've ate way worse shit in my life. I probably wouldn't be all that concerned about it, to be honest with you. I'd probably be fine <laughs> with it. Just cook it. All right, this is a fun one. Zach Jacoby Hunt um, writes, uh, fuck one, marry one, kill one. 200-inch whitetail, 200-inch mule deer, or 360-inch bull elk? You go first. Or do you want me to go first, and then I'll let you pick? You're the host. You, you go ahead. You go first. We're the host, Clint. Correction. Um, well. Fuck one. I'm going to. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck a 200-inch mule deer. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know. This is too hard. That sounds that sounds way wrong. Uh, I'm going to marry a 200 inch whitetail, and I'm going to kill a 360 inch bull. Hmm. But kill is like that's all positive things. Like, yeah, I want to kill a 360 inch. Bull. Yeah. See, I'm going to probably fuck the whitetail. I'm going to marry the mule deer, so I've got it for the rest of my life. Because that's just that's just them fucking mule deer, man. That's just I, I just can't. You just get see less 200 inch whitetails. I, I, I know, but I just, I just can't get away from the fucking mule deer. And then I guess that means I'm going to kill a three. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Yep. That's fair. So, I mean, I like all of I mean, them. We're similar. Yeah. We're, we're, we're close. Okay. I just, ah, the 200 inch white tail is just on another level. Um, Andy Hardcore 19 writes, how does Clint feel about participation trophies, a.k.a. shed antlers? Oh, I mean, I'm a fucking huge shed guy. I mean, I've got, uh, honestly, I think people that walk into my trophy room that I've got right now are more impressed with the probably 700 sheds laying on the in, in a big pile than they are with the 17, 18 deer mounts, uh, whitetails that are in there yeah. in, in that particular room. Um Oh, I'm a shed. I mean, I just, I love getting out. It's at that time of the year. It's just fun. It's tough. It's hard. You got to put in miles to get a pile. So for me, anyone that knows me, you know, shit that's hard and shit that's a challenge. I mean, I kind of tend to flock to that. So yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a fucking shed junkie for sure. So I'm, I'm all about sheds. I mean, participation trophy. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can look at it like that, but I tend to always try to I don't know Not if it my, is though. It's part of the it's part of the buildup. Yeah, it's to say I, I look at it as kind of the start to to killing your buck the following year. To be honest with you, but right, right, all right. Let's we're gonna cover some here. Um, trying to be as efficient as possible. Uh, this isn't a question, but S two thousand one Maverick 
Uh, you guys absolutely rock. Keep it up. Makes me feel like I'm in camp with you. Appreciate it, man. Hell yeah. Appreciate that, my man. Um, someone right here asks us, uh, same guy, um, is there a website to help out-of-state hunters for points or over-the-counter? We, I know Nick Munt has one now. We did a podcast with him. And then Rolling Bone Outfitters is another one that I know a lot of people use. And I think you can use, like, uh, Hunt and Fool and Go Hunt and all sorts of stuff like that to help you with all that stuff. Yep, yep. I'm a big big fan of Go Hunt. I do some writing for them and, and, and work with uh, Brady Miller and all those guys over there quite a bit. Shout out to those guys. Really good really good company to get involved with. Uh, they got a hell of a website, tons of tools, tons of mapping software and all kinds of shit. Um, that's definitely a game changer for someone looking to get into the Western games. So, yeah, go, go check them out, uh, gohunt.com. Um, okay, here's another one from Ky- Kyler Lawrence. Who do we need to hide our women from more, Steve or Duck Guy Doug? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on if you want your depends on if you're going to be more upset over a mustache ride or if Steve fucking puts your old lady in a headlock than Stone Cold Stunners her. I'd say be more be more afraid of Doug. Um, That's what I mean. Realistically, yeah. I mean, because honestly, they're probably going to come back for another mustache ride. They probably won't want to be Stone Cold Stunnered by Steve. That's exactly again. it. <laughs> James Dean's trouble <laughs> yeah instagram names are fun how many points was the tag you drew for wyoming elk i'm assuming he's asking me and and the answer is for next year i haven't drawn the tag because uh that's for next season so i'm mm-hmm. building points i think where i'm going is a three-point unit i will have four points yep. come next yep. year yep so, you're correct on that yep um kind of talked about the diy hunts um Go through your bow setups. Uh, would love you. Would, this is a uh, P Snyder 04. Would love you guys to go through your bow setups, um, string arrows, etc. If you just want to run through your setup, Clint, and then I'll do the same. Yeah, I mean, this year I got the V3 for Matthews, um, the 31. I'm a longer axle axle guy. Um, I, I yeah, I want at least a 31 to 34. Um, quiver on, usually seven arrow. Um, single pin sight. I'm always running a hamski rest stabilizers, um, minimum 12, usually 15 up front with at least a 10, if not a 12 off the back this year, I'm running three ounces up front off of 15 and I'm running six or seven off the back. Um, I got a 12 off the, off the back and a 15 off the front. So I think my setups right at like eight, eight and a half pounds. Typically I run an eight and a half to 10 pound bow every year. Uh, that's fully loaded. That's everything on it. Arrows, everything. That's that's knocked, locked, ready to fucking roll. I like a heavy setup. Um, I'm steadier with it. Uh, I shoot better in the wind. I'm a long stabilizer guy. It's more forgiving. You got the that's bowl barrel my, of bows out there. Yep, that's just that's just my jam, man. I'm uh, yeah. I'm all about uh, being the most accurate and forgiving. You know, I will cut my toothbrush in half to save ounces in my pack. But you tell me, I can carry a bow that's nine pounds or carry one that's five i'll take the nine pound fucking weight any day that's but i mean that's just you know when it comes down to making a shot uh for me i like a heavy forgiving setup and it's just what i hold better it's just what i shoot better so yeah do i i don't you know like i said i'll cut a toothbrush in half to shave ounces off my pack but i want that heavy fucking bow when i'm at 77 yards at full draw on a mule deer there's no doubt that's fair my bow is i'm missing some stuff i actually gave my other bow to trey in camp (laughs) Did you? That's why I don't have a bow right now. 
I just was like, I, he just deserved it. I just felt like, you know. I like it, man. Um, That's awesome. I retired that bow on that hunt. Uh, That's awesome. I have an elite remedy um, in Realtree Escape. Um, I'm going to be running the full setup from HHA for stabilizers, HHA Virtus Rest, HHA Tetra Tournament Edition. Uh, I'm running a Victory Rip TKO Arrows with a 70 gra- 75 grain like outsert insert deal. Um, Slick Trick, Broadheads, Raptor Trick, or Viper Trick. Um, I might I might try the new head from Slick Trick. Haven't got a hold of that yet, but uh, those are my two like fixed blade and mm-hmm. expandable heads. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot Broadheads. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's a, some of the other stuff I'm missing because I don't have it yet. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll do. We, we I think we're gonna do some full setup videos here once we get our new shit going. Yeah. Um, all right, let me get through here. Hold on. Um, would it be? I don't. This this question just funny. Swamp Bros Outdoors. Would it be karma if Josh Bomar got mauled on his bear hunt? I don't. I don't. I don't really get that. I mean, it's funny, but did he do something specifically to bears or something besides the spear thing? Dude, I, yeah. There again, man. I I don't even try to keep up with the with some of that shit. That I mean, it. Yeah, I just. I. It's hard to tell, dude. Like, yeah. Someone's always pissed off at something they're doing, so it's like you lose track of. You know, I mean, it seems like they're they're always there's something always surrounding him and. Uh, his old lady, the fuck's her name, Sarah. So, I, I, I have no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, it does seem. It seems like they're always involved in something. Oh, but, yeah, it's always but, something. But it's man. never something of like positivity. It's always something of like negative ethics. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like fuck. I just don't. I don't have time to even. It's a know, tough look. It's like, a tough look. Um, DJ D Jones Outdoors. Um, does hunting and politics mix? If so, to what extent? This kind of goes off the Bomar thing a little bit. I, I mean, I, tr- you know, like I said, there again, for me, I, I try to keep that shit all separate. I mean, I don't judge any book by its cover. There's two sides to every story. So, you know, I, I in the world today, I mean, I've got so much shit going on, and I know, like, you're the same as me. Man, I just kind of keep... My head down, nose of the grindstone, do my own thing, kind of worry about me, worry about my deal, worry about my circle. I, I just I just don't get caught up in a lot of that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of shit that goes on that people ask me about. I'm like, fuck, I didn't even know that was going on right now. And they're like, what? You live under a rock? I'm like, no, dude, I just kind of worry about, like, me and my circle. I'm not really, like, my family, my, yeah, you know, my kids, you know, Whitney. Like, just, I, I'm just not, like, consumed with kind of everything else that's really going on. Like, so it's like. Well, I, I think with of- politics, it's like if if it comes to affect whether we get to do what we want or affect something oh, that we yeah, want to do, th- then it does yes. Yes. But yes, I will absolutely. tell you, like. You know, it, I don't know. It, that's a tough one. Do yeah. I like to talk about politics on the podcast? No, because I think right. typically this gives people an escape from all that other yep. bullshit. But exactly. at the same time, like we, we're also media, and sometimes that gets brought up because it is concerning. Or we, I think it's important to talk about certain things. Like if politics and the hunting has to come up within like the media or churning group situation, yep. I think that is probably worth mentioning. Yes. Um, and yes. are, are we going to beat it to death every single episode? No, no. But I do think it is worth mentioning. I do think it's worth a conversation. Now, do I want to talk about what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris talked about over the weekend on Memorial Day? Yeah. Um, all the dumb shit they did. 
no, I don't really think we need to talk about that because it's not hunting related and you can get yep. that stuff everywhere else. That That's yep. my look on it. No, um, I'm with you, dude. I mean, there's stuff that's going to affect us. Yes. Stuff that's not affecting us right now, or it's never going to affect us realistically. I'm just not putting energy into that. Yeah, and that, and yeah. that's just me. I mean, that, that's just me. I just, that, that shit doesn't trip my trigger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Facebook, Scott Gardner, shout out to him. Been a long time listener. Yep. Um, tell people how terrible hunting in Ohio really is. So they stop coming here <laughs> and that has seven likes on it, which is really funny. I mean, at this point in the game, I'm going to tell people, don't go fucking hunt mule deer in Colorado. Don't go elk hunt in Utah. Go hunt whitetails in Ohio. It's fucking great. You'll love it. Don't ever Western hunt. Don't try to take any of my tags out there. Come hunt the whitetails here. Go to PA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. Go to Kentucky. Go to PA. <laughs> Go to West Virginia. Alabama, Michigan. Yep, yep absolutely. Um, New Hampshire. I heard New Hampshire's got giants. Matt fucking Rhode Island loaded. It's Rhode Island is the new secret spot. I heard about that actually. Um, Dalton Wayne asks if you had to pick one. So this is funny that this is the following question: If you had to pick one state to elk hunt and one state to mule deer hunt, which one would it be and why? And uh, you can you can no comment that or whatever you want to do. No, I mean if if I'm gonna, I mean if you're gonna elk hunt, I mean it's gonna be tough to beat like an Arizona, a Montana. I mean, there's just, you know, they've got the genetics to, to hit that magical 400-plus mark. Uh, New Mexico's right there. I've hunted the Gila. You know, I've been 16A, 16B, 16C. Um, I've killed a bull in the – I mean, I mean it, I've seen them. I mean, it's – some of those states are just fucking magical. They just have genetics to produce 400-inch bulls, just like your Iowa, your Illinois, and your Ohio has the genetics to produce 200-inch whitetails, and they produce 20 or 30 of them every year. I mean, that's just, that's just what happens. Uh, mule deer, it's no secret. I mean, Colorado is, is – uh, you got Colorado, you got Wyoming, I mean, you got Utah. I mean, those – you know, Nevada. I mean, some of these states, they just have the genetics. If, you, if I'm going to pick one um, – yeah, I mean, it, it would be a toss-up between probably Wyoming and Colorado for mule deer just because of the genetics and, and because of the amount of, you know, big mule deer across those states. I mean, in Colorado, I feel like every unit has a giant in it. Now, there might only be one in that unit that breaks that 200-inch mark, but I feel like basically every unit in Colorado has a mega giant in it. Whether you're going to go find him or not, that's – I mean, I can't answer that, but – it's not like there's a unit in a, you know, there's spots in states where you're not going to find a 200-inch whitetail. It's just not going to be there. In Colorado, mm -hmm. you're, there's going to be a giant mule deer in every unit. It's a matter of are there multiple ones? How easy is it going to be to figure? I mean, you know, but that's that state. I mean, that's just what they're known for. I mean, you know, yeah. and it's like, and like I said, with the elk thing, there's just certain states that have potential to hit that magical 400-inch mark. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, it'd be tough to beat, like, say, a Montana or an Arizona for elk, and it'd be tough to beat, like, a Colorado or, or uh, you know, a Wyoming for mule deer just because of the genetics and just the history of giant fucking bucks and giant bulls. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, so there's two que two questions. A lot of people are like uh, like Chris Turek, Brock Rolston. It's kind of the same question. Advice for an Eastern hunter who wants to dabble in the Western game. And then, Chris, what states over the counter text to kickstart your Western hunts for first-time hunters? Um, mm -hmm. So we, we kind of kind of mm -hmm. already talked about that. You kind of hinted to some of this there. You know, it's like yep. 
Um, so we, we don't need to go into detail on that. We kind of got that covered in some previous questions. Yep. But a lot, and the interest of going west is very prominent in a lot of these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse Laughlin, uh, what really grinds your gears? Clint always seems upbeat and super positive, but has there ever been a time in the woods that he was just defeated and felt like throwing in the towel on a certain deer or situation? Everyone has their breaking point, but Clint seems to be the inhuman. Clint seems to be inhuman in that case. And Bailey Clark follows up with, "This is solid." So he likes that question. Are you human, yeah. Clint? Oh yeah, I mean, for you know, I'm an intrinsic, you know, motivator as far as like myself. Like I don't need external things to get me fired up to get me motivated to keep me going um i'm very good at motivating myself i'm my biggest critic i'm i'm my hardest you know toughest fan i'm i'm you know that's just me i mean i'm never satisfied i go kill the mule deer in my dreams and the next day i'm like fuck well where do i go find one bigger like how do i have you know i mean that's that's, that's just me i did it you know i should probably maybe give myself a little more credit here and there, but honestly, that, that would, that would sort of in a way defeat the whole mindset that I've got of trying to be better every year, better every day, better, you know, whether it's being a dad, being a, a, a boyfriend, being a fucking bow hunter. I mean, being a writer, whatever it is, that's just how I tick. So do I have my moments though? Absolutely. My biggest thing though, is there's been times where I have let myself down. Um, I've half-assed a stock or I've half-assed um, a game plan. Uh, there's been a few times where I can think back to where I was not all in committed. Um, man, that, that shit really bothers me. Like, um, it's been a couple years ago. I was in Colorado really tired on about day eight of a long-ass solo hunt, super deep in the backcountry. Uh, wasn't feeling good, running low on food, had a play on a good buck and kind of half-ass went on it, was sort of feeling, not sorry for myself, but I was struggling to get motivated. Uh, I was kind of down, made a half-ass play, watched that buck bound away, drove 29 hours back home, and I, I remember thinking the entire 29-hour drive, never again. There will never be another time where, where, where I'm going to walk back to camp or drive home and say, you fucking gave up or you, you didn't go all in. So for me, every stock, every play, every time I draw the bow back, it's that's the last time I'm ever going to do it. I mean, that's just that's that's been my mentality from I mean, I can distinctly I could tell you the date that that, you know, half ass stock took place September 7th. I can tell, I mean, I, I could tell you about every detail of that day because it's, it's forever ingrained in me. And now when I go, when I say I'm, I'm going in, um, it's not, I'm going to try to kill this buck or if a whitetail's coming and I know, fuck, he's coming. It's not, man, I hope I get to kill this buck. No, no, no. It's, um, it's fucking buck's going to die. Or, or if I'm back at full draw and, and I'm waiting on, and you know, this, like last year, you know, uh, <laughs> fuck. I go from 41 yards at full draw to having to let down to, to killing my bull at uh, 76 yards on like the final day of my hunt. I mean, there was just no doubt, you know, that w- when I'm when I'm in those moments now, 
there is no doubt. There's no half-assed. I mean, I've been there, done that. I've played that game. That bothered me. To this day, that shit still bothers me that, that I didn't go all in and the outcome could have been different. So I would say that has tripped my trigger. Um, I just don't let myself get to that point. You know, if I decide I'm going all in, I'm all in. And that's just all there is to it. That really has changed the game for me mindset-wise is, is that 29-hour drive home having to think about that. That was, that was my probably best opportunity, and I was sort of feeling – Sorry for myself in a way, just, just, I just wasn't all in because I was tired and I had every excuse under the sun. I was hungry. I had lost 15 pounds, blah, blah, blah. blah. And the bottom fucking line is I just didn't go all in. And that, that cost me. That, that, that cost me a 29-hour drive back home empty-handed. I'll never forget that. A lot of miles driven thinking about that. And I said from that day on, never again, man. That's just not going to – you're never going to let yourself down. If I miss a shot, I miss a shot. If I – fail a stock, I fail a stock, but it's not going to be because I only put in 70%. So for me, that's what really trips me. Um, I think back to that. I like that though, too, because you you only get that way from experiences though. Like if if everything went perfect all the time, you wouldn't have that like internal grit. Fail, man. Failed, failed attempts. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't think about maybe throwing the game winning touchdown. It's always, He's going to fucking throw the game. Michael Jordan didn't say, I hope I hit this game winner to beat the Jazz game six, 17-footer. No, it was fucking he knew he was going to hit. I mean, that's just those right, guys. Right. There, there, There is – I mean, shooters shoot. You got to have that mentality. You, you can't you can't half-ass and hope and pray that shit goes your way because nine times out of ten it won't go your way. So you got to make your own luck. And when you get your opportunity, you got to make good on it and – Going all in will create an opportunity. Now you just got to make your shot and get it killed. Yep, I like it, man. I like it. Um, hey, that's a positivity. I mean, you yeah, you have to go in that way, but it's almost good. Like some of those negative experiences make you a better hunter in the long run, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. Oh, they mold you, dude. Like I said, that 29-hour drive, I learned more about myself driving home on that 29-hour drive than I probably have – uh, in the previous 15 years of bow hunting, just because, I mean, that sickness in my stomach for 29 hours, that's something I'll never forget. I mean, I could have puked the whole way home because I knew I let myself down. Um, yeah. But that and, too, and, though, that being know, said, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not about the kill, but do you follow copper plated sixes on Instagram? Yeah. I He's kind of like similar, like make hunting great again, you yep. know, for people who aren't yep. aware. Uh, yep. But I, I believe he's like actually in the industry. Um, I don't know who he is yep. or anything like that, but he does a lot of posts, um, especially when it comes to like turkey hunting. And he, I know he says a lot, like sometimes the animal wins and that's okay too. And, yep. and that's yep. not what you're saying. You're saying it's on your end. If it's okay if he wins, um, yep. but it's, it's, you feel bad if you have, you didn't give it your all. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah I, I, and, and, and like I said, you're going to miss, you're going to fuck a stock up. The wind's going to shift. I mean, that shit's going to happen, but. When you know you gave it your all and you know you did everything possible to potentially put yourself in a situation to get it done, there's a big difference between walking away and knowing, man, I had a game plan. It just didn't work out in my favor. The animal won versus, man, I kind of half-assed that one. See, I just – that I'm not okay with that. I just – that's that's yeah. that was – yeah, that, that was a – a huge learning curve life lesson and and that holds true in life holds true as being a dad being a husband a father a boyfriend whatever the fuck it is at work like mm-hmm. that's a building block 
that molded me in more ways than one, not just bow hunting, um, but, but in, in all that I do, because I knew I only put in 70 and that's what I got for, for doing that. I mean, it was right. a fucking 29 hour drive and a ton of money, a ton of gas, a ton of time all for nothing because I didn't go all in on, on something I should have been all in on. Uh, just no excuse for that shit. Right. No, I mean, valuable lesson, man, but something to think too, for guys that have never been out West, you know, just give it your all and go for it. Um, got to, man. Got it, to. You got to go, you got to go all in and you're going to fail, but that's how you're going to learn. I mean, there's, there's no, I'll tell you this right now. It ain't, it ain't easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it and you'd see everybody killing giant bucks and giant bulls. And dude, Tell you right now, most of the units I'm in, under 8% success on bulls, under fucking 8% success on bucks. And I'm not talking trophies. I'm talking bucks and bulls in general, a legal buck, a legal bull. Like, shit ain't easy. I mean, that's 8 out of 100 hunters are going to come away with a buck or a bull. Not a trophy, just a buck or a bull. Right. That's about your average. So I think it's probably 1% or 2% of, like, trophy quality. Yep. Um, all right, Mike, Mike Schulte, uh, I like this question a lot. Top, top five must-have things for a Western hunt besides obvious, like glass, bow, etc. It's like things maybe people um, might not think about or things besides the obvious to actually get it done. Well, first aid kit will save your life. Uh, you better have the essentials in that. Um, you cut yourself. You, you sever a vein. Um, you roll your ankle like I've done. Um, fall on you, a broadhead. Yeah, I mean, you, you you fall down a scree shoot like I've done, and and rip your pants open, and rip your ass cheek open, and you need to sew yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, you better have that, and you better have an in reach or something. I would throw that right in there. In reach is a good one. Yep, um, that that is your lifeline. If shit really hits the fan and you need help now. Um, it isn't, you're, you don't reach for your cell phone. You better reach for the in reach and hit the, Oh shit button. I call it the $30,000 fuck up button. Um, it is hey, too. Man, I mean, I've been there to where it was, it was almost time to hit that. Um, it's, it's no joke, man. When, when shit really goes sideways, it's, uh, it's scary when you're 12 miles, 13 miles, 14 miles deep. Um, that's, that's not a good place to be without one of those. Um, sleep system would be next. If you're not sleeping good, on a Western hunt, you're not hunting good, and after three or four days, you're going to fold and say, fuck this, I'm going home, or I'm going to start hunting from the truck, I'm out of here. Um, so I would throw your sleeping pad, sleeping bag, tent, uh, shelter, all that shit into there. Um, man, clothing, footwear, there again, if you don't have the right gear, you can die out there. I mean, you get wet, you get hypothermia, um, your feet. I've seen guys go with brand new boots, never broke in, and have blisters the size of baseballs the, the following day. I mean, there again. Speaking of boots, feet, speaking of boots, I'm uh, I'm eyeballing new boots for this fall. Yep. Oh, and, dude. I mean, and and everyone's got to fit some. Everyone's got to find what works for them. You need to try stuff on. You got to break it in. I mean, I put at least 50, 60 miles on a pair of boots before I ever would think to take them out of state to go hunt anywhere. Um, you know, that's a big one. I'm looking uh, at Loa. Yep. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna try some of them on. That was a, a Trey recommendation. He was looking at my boots. He's like, "Get stiffer boots before you come back out here." I'm like, "Right yep. on." <laughs> I'm not yep, doing no. crispy again, man. I can't do it. I uh. I just can't spend the money for a pair of boots that didn't last me that long. 
I mean, it, like, and that's that's the deal, dude. I mean, it, it's it's a different flavor for everybody. I mean, some you know, it's like clothing. I mean, some people. Dude, they love it. This guy hates it. I mean, you, you got to find what works for you. What everyone's feet's different, you know. People. I, I honestly wear. think I got a lemon. Yep. A lemon pair. I mean, I honestly think you do because I've been running them for five or six years. And dude, if you took my crispies away, I mean, I'd have to fist fight you for them. I mean, every pair I've. I mean, I've got a pair of Thors from four years ago that I still wear every day for a work boot, and those things have been in about every western state besides California and Oregon. Yeah, my. So, I mean, my Thors lasted me two years or something right. and then uh, say, i remember yeah. Uh, yeah trey's a little different because trey hits it like crazy like a madman but he's like yeah. i'll burn through a pair of crispies every year oh yeah oh but that's trey a trey's a different level i was gonna say and when you're putting on the miles he's putting on you're gonna wear out a good boot damn near every year no matter what yeah doing. no matter what they could be yep freaking tesla spacex yep. grade whatever the fuck um right here uh what are we at Let's see. Sorry, guys. We're not going to hit all these. I appreciate all the questions, and I apologize. We just don't have the time right now. This is funny. Nate Storms, if I bring my baby to the shoot, will the crew, including Clint, sign him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can do that right on the forehead. Yep. Um, this one's uh, Kevin Auth. What's your bucket list hunt? For me... <clears throat> It's either going to be a mountain goat or like some a billy type goat? of sheep hunt. Mountain goat or some type of sheep hunt just just because of the sheer difficulty with a bow those hunts provide. I, I just, I mean, I feel like where those animals take you, um, they take you in in rougher, tougher, steeper places than mule deer do, and that's what I've fallen in love with on mule deer. Um, the nastiest, gnarliest, steepest shit is is what goats live in. Um, sheep, same way. So for me, probably a big billy um, somewhere way, 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 way up fucking high in the rocks, uh, in the caves. That That would be... Man, that'd be, I mean, that would be the ultimate probably for me. Uh, I've always wanted to go kill a giant moose up in Alaska, hoping to do that in the next year or two. But what about like red off, stag? You don't have like an interest in red stag? Nah, man. I mean, I, um, it, it'd be cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, but kind of like an elk, you know? I mean, I love to hunt elk, but I mean, I just, there's very few things you can hunt that even get you into a predicament that a really easy mountain goat hunt would get you into let alone the average or the typical um yeah. i mean it's like it's life or death up there you know a yeah. lot of those a lot of those hunts, it's, it's more the hunt itself than is the animal yeah and, and i mean for me um it's about the experience and a lot of people are probably shaking their heads like yeah like that's that's clint i mean he's i i'm all about like the experience and what the whole deal brings to the table so that toughness factor as far as just how hard they are to get into how hard they are to find just the sheer difficulty and getting it done with a bow on like say a big billy uh that would that, that'd probably be the ultimate i would feel the most accomplished probably doing that than i would killing like a big stag or a 400 inch bull elk or something like that just because like i said I, where they live where they're at 
You fuck up up there, one wrong step, you fall two thousand feet and you're never found again. You're in pieces. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. I didn't, mean, uh, didn't Cameron Haynes' buddy die on one of them hunts? What's that? Didn't Cameron Haynes' buddy uh, Roy, Roy Roth? Didn't he die yep. on one of them hunts? Roy Roth. Yep. Was it a was that a Billy Goat hunt? I believe that was either Billy or Stone Sheep. Oh, it might have been a doll sheep. One of those three. Yeah. Yep. God, it's insane. Yep. Took a took a uh, took a wrong step, and, and that was. I mean, that's the thing is those those hunts, um, and there are places where I've mule deer hunted where it's like that. I mean, you fuck up. Uh, you know, I almost when I killed um, my real wide buck in Colorado two years ago. I mean, I was in a very, very bad predicament packing out that night. And had I not have stopped after I fell and fucked my ankle up and kind of, kind of, kind of regrouped, um, ass cheek was split wide open. Pants were split from like my kneecap up to my underwear. I mean, it went through my sick of pants, through my base layer, through my underwear. You know, I got myself glued up, uh, stopped the bleeding. But I mean, I had to really regroup, um, uh, you know, getting out of there that night, I mean, it was hand over foot. I mean, it was like step by step, foot by foot. I wish know. I could remember the episode where you go through that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was that's the scariest I've ever been as far as there were times where I'm just like I was praying to God like, man, like I got to get back to my two boys, man. Like like Clint, like you got to like I've never been more focused in my life on what I was doing because I knew at that moment in the pitch black at 2 a.m., there was no going down. It was only up from there. Um, I had to get the hell out of there. Had a storm rolling in. Um, camp was still five miles away. Like it was, it was a bad deal. But that's one of those deals where, like I say, I look back on now and it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's no joke. Like it's, it, 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 it's, it can be life or death on hunts like that. And especially when you go on a goat or a sheep hunt, I mean, almost your entire hunt is going to be like that. Not just bits and pieces or a little here, a little there. No, pretty much the entire deal. You're in the nastiest, gnarliest, steepest shit there is. You better know what you're doing and you better be completely focused on what you're doing or it's probably going to up end up bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's move on here, Clint, man. There's a lot I want to get to, but we're just not going to have the time to dive into. A lot of these are really great questions that we'll have to, come back and hit because like it's a lot of like super detailed ones that would just that could be a whole episode in themselves um here's kind of a cool question uh paul soretta what's it like being the centerfold model for peterson's bow hunting when i read his articles i can't help to read it fast even though i try to make it slow and easy what i'll hear is clint's excitement while being yelled at and i have to read it fast and yes i save his article for last love you bud see you next weekend he's talking at the shoot next weekend Man, love you, Paul. Shout out to you, my man. Um, one of the best dudes out there. No, I, I mean honestly, it's a, it, it's the short and sweet of it. it. It's a blessing to be able to work with Jeff Warren and Christian Berg over there at Peterson's Bow Hunting. I mean, been with them full time now for about four or five years. Um, it was a grind, though. You know, I mean, I turned. I want to say it was thirty-seven or thirty-eight articles in and got turned down as far as feature stuff. I mean, 
five, six years of really, really trying to kind of build my name and kind of get myself out there and, and basically just give someone to get me a fucking shot. Like I was just a young gun, young kid, basically, you know, most of the guys in the industry that are writing full time or whatever there it's, it's kind of an, it's kind of an older guy's game. Not a lot of young bucks in that game. Um, and perseverance and, and just kind of beating people's doors down finally paid off to the point where they're like, you know what, we're going to give you a shot. I mean, you, you just keep killing shit and you just won't quit. You keep sending us stuff. And that's kind of what led to my opportunity. And once I got my foot in the door, man, I said, I'm going to kick this fucker open and, and you guys are, ne- you guys are never going to let me go after this. And I've been lucky to get that. I was lucky to get that opportunity, but once I got it, I knew, like, if I get my shot, and I told him that, like, when I, when I first started working with Jeff and Christian, I've got to be really, really good friends with both those guys. Shout out to both of them. Uh, I get to go on a lot of hunting trips with Christian and, and, and his son, Timmy, and, and, you know, we share a lot of fun and a lot of camps together. But I told those guys, you guys give me an opportunity, you'll never look back. I'll, I'll, I'll make it worth your time. And, and they trusted in me. You know, they, they, they kind of gave me an open door. And they put a lot of faith in a, in a kid at the time that was 25, 26 years old with feature articles and meeting deadlines and getting good photos. And, and I mean, they, they really, you know, they kind of put the pressure on me like, Hey, here's your, here's your opportunity, dude. You better, uh, don't let us down. Like we're, we're throwing you a bone here. Um, but Hey, that's all you can ask for. I mean, and that's life in general, you know, you get an opportunity, man, you got to make, you got to make the most on it. And that's, my dream was always to open up a magazine and there be my stories, there be my photos. I've said that since I was a little kid. Mom and dad tell the stories all the time about me being five, six, seven, telling people, hey, someday you guys are going to open these up. I'm going to be in them. I mean, I've said that since I was, like I said, a little kid. So I've, I've always had that fire, needed my opportunity, and, and finally got it. So, no, it, it's, it's really cool. I love uh, – shout out to everybody that gets the magazine and shares my stuff and the support and the feedback. I mean, I, I fucking love all of you. I, I hope to someday be able to buy everybody a beer and shake hands with everybody that supports that magazine, supports me, and just – Well, you if know, they come to the shoot next weekend, they can come have a beer with you at the after party. That would be great. We can have 50 beers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, this one is probably the best question I think that got submitted. Uh, Tyler Kath. Yeah, I got one. I've been dying to know, does Clint Casper sit when he pees? Oh, absolutely. And I wear my bino fucking purse that you built for me as I do it. Good, good. Okay, <laughs> I had to just clarify. Um, Zach Jacoby writes, Clint Casper, do you bury your number two out west or are you a top layer? Hmm. Do I bury my number two or am I a top layer? There's a couple. There's a couple avenues we could go with that. What do you think he means by that? You know, I don't know, but uh, Kyle commented underneath here. Uh, what does it say? Your your comment goes against our community standards on violence and incitement. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, and Kyle's response is that surface defecators should be shot and buried. <laughs> He's gonna have to clarify where where he wants us to take that one. We just will skip past it. How's that? Shout out to him though, big supporter. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to get see what we got. Uh... Okay, this is a funny one. Um, please ask Joe Humphreys. Please ask Mister Casper to stop sending me nudes and <laughs> asking for my time. Well. 
and see where that got all weird was is he his old lady used to have his phone and then they switched so i was always thinking i was sending shit to her and then next thing i know it's joe being like hey buddy what's up i'm like what the fuck like this is weird so that 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 got all twisted on me to where i didn't know they switched phones i'm thinking it's going to her really it's going to him no no, I'm kidding for everybody out there. No one take that serious. Really, I'm not I, I, not really sending fucking dick pics to his old lady or anything. I think if someone believed that means. you actually were, they're probably taking us a little too literal at times. Well, hey, I did get bullying for guidelines on Instagram because they thought I was bullying Tyler over there with his bino purses. So, I mean, it, oh, it happens. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Okay, let's get let's hit one last question here. Um, and there's a ton of good ones in here. But this one I like. Uh, I really like this one. Jason Price, if you were to sit down with a 12 to 13 year old kid that was just starting out with hunting, whether by now or fire, whether by, I think I'm going to say whether by bow or firearm, what are three things that you would tell them to help make them successful? Three things for a young gun starting out, whether it's bow or rifle, I would say number one, most important, make it fun. I would say make it about you and your experience. Don't give a fuck about what anybody else is doing, what they think, what they're killing, what they think you should kill. Make it fun. Do it for you. And last but not least, and this is going to be, I mean, this is, this is going to be classic, classic me because this is just how I do it. If you decide you like it, make sure you're going all in. Yeah, you know, if, if, if you decide, you know what, fuck, I, I really like, man, I really like bow hunting or man, I really like to gun hunt. Dude, don't, don't, you know, you don't know how many hunting seasons you got. You don't know how many times you get to sit in a tree stand. You don't know how many elk hunts you go on. You don't know how many times you get to draw your bow back. I, hey, if you're into it, go chase it, go after it. You know, don't, don't, don't do it half-assed. And by all means, like I said, I make it fun. Make sure you're doing it for you. Don't be doing it for anybody else and, and don't give a shit about what anybody else is doing or what they think or because you're going to – I can go out and kill a 170 tomorrow and I'll have someone go, oh, it was only a five-year-old at six and a half. Look at what he been – like, get fucked. Like, I mean, I, I, that's just how it is. I mean, that's just, just how it is. You, you're never going to please that. So do it for you. Have fun. And if you decide you really like it, man, light the fire and go, dude, and don't, don't, don't ever let it burn out. Like, find ways to keep it going. Enjoy yourself because you never know. You don't know when – your time's up. I mean, and that's yep. just that's just the bottom line. You just you just don't know. So that would be that would be my my three right there. I like it, man. All positive, all good, good advice. Um, yeah, I like it, man. Thank you, everyone, for submitting questions. There's a ton of killer ones in here. Ton that we could just deep dive in that deserve their yeah. own their own podcast in general. So sorry if we didn't get to it. Uh, appreciate all of you, all the support. Um, this podcast was. I mean, we literally like I posted this this morning. All these awesome questions came through. We're kind of in a weird spot right now between getting back from bear camp, getting ready for the shoot next weekend, trying to get our studio finished. Um, I got a baby on the way next month. It just things are so hectic right now. No, just been a lot, man. I mean, you know, been a lot. I mean, the, you know, you, you've, I would have taken a couple, just, just a minute or two, man, just to tell you how, how fucking proud I am of you, dude. I mean, you've been, you know, with, with losing Papa Dave, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure I'm. A lot of people are clapping and cheering right now because they're, they're, they're feeling the same. Like, fucking proud of you, dude, for what you've done, what you've been through, for, for, you know, never 
using that as a crutch to prolong something with the podcast or the studio or keeping shit rolling and, and, and continuing. I mean, that's what he would want you to do. It's what he'd want all of us to do. I mean, I was, you know, for those that don't know, I was very, very close with Papa Dave and meant a lot to me and meant a lot to all of us, you know, fucking proud of you, dude. Proud, proud of you for, uh, you know, just what you've done and, and, and how you persevered and how you handled the whole situation and, and just doing it the way he'd want you to do it and, and doing the best you can do you and Sam and, and Isla May, you know, I'm, you know, more than proud to call you guys, not only best friends, but, but family, man, that's, 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 uh, you know, that's not easy what you've had to go through from, you know, mid April till right now. And that needs, you know, I need to recognize buddy. That's, that's, uh, that's a tough set of cards you were dealt, but you flipped them all over and, and fucking put aces on all of them. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm fucking proud of you, dude. I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm trying, you know. He wouldn't want me to take a break from anything, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to, but you know, it's uh, yep. I I'm not gonna lie. Like I feel like a heavy, heavy amount of pressure on my shoulders with just everything going on, and just a lot of stress yep. and a lot of anxiety, and it's just uh, I think this is the latest we put out an episode since we started during the week, and it's uh, it's tough, man. But you know, I'm committed to the craft. I'm committed to hunting, and that's what my dad and I did, you know, that's why I'm yep. here and why I do this. Cause I love hunting, not because I need to be in any sort of spotlight at all. I don't, you know, like you said, I don't give a fuck about this. This is just a fun way to make it, uh, you know, we're working class and if we can chase our passion by doing something like this, this allows us to do our passion more. Um, yep. I'm going to do it and I'm thankful for everyone's support through everything. It, it does mean a lot. And, um, all the kind words everyone sent and, you know, it, it does mean a ton and, I feel like sometimes, especially when you're dealing with all of it, it's hard to kind of show how grateful you are, but I really am. And, um, man, I'm just looking forward to kind of getting some of the stress off my back and my family's back a little bit and kind of uh, yep. just being able to grit down and hustle and and make Papa Dave proud this fall is, is the goal, you know. So, Absolutely, man. I mean, that, that, that guy, you know, the, the support that he gave to all of us, I mean – I can't tell you how many articles I posted as far as my, what I had going on that, that he shared and, and stuff with you guys and, and just, uh, you know, <laughs> just the inspirational words, man. I, I mean, last year on both, both those tough hunts, elk hunting, my mule deer hunt. I mean, I get a lot of messages from a lot of people and, and not that I don't appreciate all of them, but there's, there's certain people that when I see a message pop up, I get service. I'm on day seven, day eight of a hunt. And, and a message comes through, uh, it, it, it just, it lights another, I, I hit another gear. I grab another gear. It lights a fire under my ass. I'll never forget, you know, last year, man, I, I get this message from your dad. It's, and I, I had been posting stories cause I had a lot of service where I was at and was so close to killing this bull. Long story short, it's like day seven. It's, it's late at night. I get this instant or I get this Facebook message. Still got it. Um, I've, I've, I've got them saved on my phone. You know, I'll never get rid of them. I mean, I'm, I'm going to look at them constantly just because they mean so much to me but i'll never forget it you know he's like uh he says oh, dude keep keep after that bull my man he, he doesn't know who he's up against you're you're the baddest baddest guy on the mountain um he's like you'll get your opportunity when you do make it count and i'll be son of a bitch next next day man right back on that bull first thing in the morning 41 yards and a cow and a calf break off and he, he runs out i'm at full draw he runs out the 76 and i'm like fuck i'm scrambling i just i remember it, it thinking in my head those last words of that, that that was in that message from from Papa Dave, 
when that opportunity presents itself, make it count. I remember coming back to full draw. I'm at 76 yards. I remember settling the pin, and, and I just remember thinking, like, you're going to fucking smoke this bull, and, and you're going to – I won't be able to send a picture, but you're going to be able to have enough service to send it back and be like, dude, you freaking called it, man. I mean, I just – I'll never – you know, that he, he – he, that, he was a motivator without even knowing he was a motivator just because he was just the type of guy that, like, if you were in his circle and you were close with him, man, he just wanted the best for everybody. And he'll never know, honestly, how much that meant to, like, someone like me, like, on a hunt like that. Like, I'm just, like, thinking, like, man, this guy's got so much fucking confidence in me. Like, like this dude, he's, you know, to hear him talk. It's like, oh, dude, you're going to have an elk jump in your lap. Like, it's going to happen. Like, it's, it's, I mean, he was so confident. And I'm down to the wire. I mean, that was my last full day of hunting was the next day. And he's just like, oh, fuck, dude, your opportunity's coming. It's 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 going to happen. I remember reading that message at like 3 a.m. I was so fired up, dude. I couldn't fucking wait. I was just like, oh, yeah, he's right. He's right. I'm like, this is it, man. Like, I just – but, yeah, man, it's just, you know, that – that yeah, mm -hmm. man, he was he was a guy that just, you know, he, he just had so much passion and love for the people that he was surrounded by, and, and just it's – we're going to make him proud this year. There is no doubt, man. Well, he's, uh, he's already proud of what we're doing and he's been proud and it'll continue that on. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking, uh, I'm stoked to, uh, to, to get out there and, and freaking give, uh, you know, have a big tribute year for him. I know all of us are, I mean, you know, you got a lot of hunts coming up. I got a lot of hunts coming up and yeah, yeah, man, they're hoping I draw the tag that I'm putting in for and we can all go out. We got, we'll talk about that here. Um, I don't know when that gets, when we find out, but it should be hopefully soon. If that all works out, we got a, a cool hunt and coming up out West. Um, yep. yeah, we do. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but no, Hey Clint, I appreciate you doing this man and helping us out and answering everyone's questions. I feel bad. We didn't get to all of them, but we just, we just don't have time, uh, tonight with everything going on and just, yep. um, everything we got mixed up, but, uh, we do appreciate everybody asking questions sure do. and all the support through everything. And we hope to see you at the shoot next weekend. Um, come out, shoot your bow, come out to the after party, drink some beers with us, hang out. We got some, uh, some live music. There's some appearances, um, that people are going to come out. We got Johnny Utah. We got Kyle Weider. We got Clint Casper. I think Billy C is going to make it out. Yep. Um, so everyone's going to be shaking babies and, and kissing hands or whatever the hell. And, uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. And like Kurt said, man, we, we, we appreciate the shit out of all of you more than you'll ever know as far as the feedback, the support, the questions. I mean, it's it's truly amazing what you guys allow us to do and just the platform we've got because of how much you guys believe in all of what we're doing and, and support. And, yeah, like I said, I hope I get to buy everybody a beer and shake everybody's hand at some point that supports the podcast, supports me. I mean, I genuinely hope that someday I, I get to do that with each and every one of you because it, it, means, it means more to us than you guys will ever know. For sure. Well, I think that's what we're going to close. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, hope to see you next weekend. We'll have, hell, we'll have some Bear Camp episodes starting to launch. Yeah, um, we will. And, we, you know, like we said, really appreciate it. And you know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.